Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. FM 96.9 The Game, uh, both at AM 740 and, of course, on the iHeart app worldwide. Our show is called The Finish Line with The Shot Doctor. I'm Jerry O'Neill. We're an NBA town. And though, obviously, uh, have watched the team in this town struggle mightily the last six years. Good news is the NBA draft is coming tomorrow night, hopefully to help. The bad news is it's a team that won 25 games and has a whole lot of holes to fill. We'll have the Orlando Magic draft show tomorrow night here, 7 to 9 p.m. Former Magic coach, two-time coach, Brian Hill will be a part of that show as well. Right here on FM 96.9, the game, Orlando sports leader. Set to talk some NBA with us next from CBS Sports basketball writer. Kyle Boone is on with us. Kyle, how are you? Doing all right. How are you guys? Doing fine. Did I read you're uh, an Oklahoma State guy and, and live in Tulsa, Oklahoma? Is that right? That's correct. Go Pokes, baby. You all fired up for this draft? Do you think uh, there's a lot of depth for this NBA draft, for especially those uh, lottery teams? Absolutely. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think 1 through 14, the, the lottery is very, very strong. Uh, depends on kind of the need that you want to fill. If you're the Magic sitting at number six, I think you can grab a good player at number six. I think if the Nuggets want to get a good player at 14, uh, they can get a good player at 14 to fill some of their roster holes. So I think I think from top to bottom, the, the first round, there's a lot of value this year, especially compared to, to years past. So there's, there's a lot of good players in the first round this year. You may not, uh, being an Oklahoma State guy, may not have a lot of love for Norman, Oklahoma. The Orlando Magic have an obvious need at uh, point guard, and one of those obviously highly recommended, or they we believe will go uh, easily in the lottery, is Trey Young, the one done at Oklahoma, led the nation in scoring and in uh, assists as well. Uh, t- talk to us about uh, Trey Young and your, as you understand him. Well, I I did a mock draft for CBS Sports, and I I mocked uh, Trey Young to the Magic. I see that. Uh, I think I think the fit is pretty seamless. Uh, obviously, they need a point guard. DJ Augustine is is not their long term option, and you know right now I don't I don't think they have a, the guy on on their roster right now that's going to be their long term future at the position. Right. Uh, and point guard is obviously one of the most important positions in the NBA. Uh, Trey Young has some upside, not only as you know, just a true point guard. He's got very, very good court vision, uh, which is something I think the Magic could use. But also, just his scoring upside and the fact that uh, he's a really good outside scorer, can shoot it from three, and uh, did so really, really efficiently at Oklahoma. I love Trey Young's game. Uh, you know, even as a, an OSU guy, I very much envy his game. Wish he had played at Oklahoma State. Really, really good player. Uh, and I think he's, he's going to put in a lot of work in his game and really try to improve because uh, there's been some questions about his game, uh, you know, just in the pre-draft process, you know, that he may be a little bit too slow, kind of a defensive liability. And, you know, they said the same things about Tra- uh, Steph Curry. And, uh, you know, a lot of teams passed on him back in the day, and all those teams probably regret that decision. Of so course. I'm, I'm sure that 
you know, teams drafting in the lottery this year may feel the same way down the road. I really think Trey Young is worth taking a flyer on. And just the fact that, you know, he's such a good offensive player, I think that fits perfectly with what the Magic need. They need to kind of upgrade their roster, specifically on offense, to kind of complement some of the weapons that they have on the roster. I think Trey Young makes a lot of sense for the Magic. All right, so let's see. Atlanta is picking at number three, Kyle, and they have a point guard, Dennis Schroeder, they want to trade, probably will be traded at some point in time, probably fairly soon. So if that if that is a backdrop, how surprised would you be then if Atlanta number three took Trey Young tomorrow night? I'd be I'd be pretty shocked. I, I would be pretty shocked. I think that uh, Trey Young's probably draft slot, I think, would probably be somewhere in the range. Like, I think that, uh, he could go maybe as high as five and maybe like as low as like 13 or 14. I don't think he'll slip out of the lottery, um, but I, w- I would be shocked if he went to the Hawks. I think that would be probably the highest anyone would, would project him to go, um, especially if the Kings maybe take Marvin Bagley, which has kind of been rumored in the past uh, 12 hours or so. I think it, if Luka Doncic is available at number three, the Hawks are going to take Doncic, which is going to leave Trey Young on the board. And there's also been some buzz about Shea Gilgis Alexander, the Kentucky point guard, uh, as potentially being a top ten pick. So, if uh, if that does happen, I, I can see Trey Young falling to at least six, and then the Magic kind of have a decision made: do they want to go point guard, and specifically do do they want to take Trey Young or Colin Sexton or any of the other players on the board? Now let's talk about Michael Porter Jr., who, before the injury, might have been the first pick of this draft. Things have changed since then. He's had the injury. And I'm not sure what teams really think about his back going forward. But uh, if he started to slip during the draft and it got to pick four or five and he wasn't big yet, is this, is this a guy that can keep slipping for an indefinite amount of time? Yeah, I could, I could see him slipping all the way, um, you know, maybe to like 10 or so. In my opinion, I think he's worth taking a flyer on. Um you know, I think he's probably in the second tier of prospects in this in this draft class, which is probably below uh, Jaron Jackson, DeAndre Ayton, and Luka Doncic. Um, you know, the fact that he's had some back injuries and he had a surgery during his freshman year at Missouri um, is obviously a question mark. That's something that he'll have to address, and he needs to prove that he can be healthy for a season. Uh, but his scoring upside and just the fact that uh, he's he's a really good shooter. He's six foot ten. Very versatile as an offensive weapon. A lot of people have compared him to uh, Kevin Durant as just an offensive weapon. Not the same defensive player or defensive upside, at least not yet, um, but he's still very young. And uh, so there's, there's a lot of talent there, obviously. He's got all-star potential. Um, you know, I, th- I think if he slides down to, you know, seven or eight, I think that would probably be uh, a pretty good spot to, to maybe take him. But I would be surprised if he fell out of the lottery. I think – uh, his talent's there. He's worth taking a flyer on, kind of like Harry Giles last year. He slipped a little bit, but someone's going to take him. He just has too much potential. Kyle Boone is our guest from CBS Sports Basketball. Ryder talking NBA draft. It's tomorrow night uh, up at Barclays Center. The Orlando Magic, as they sit today, have three picks, two in the second round and the sixth pick overall. Um, we're So we're discussing a lot of that here. I, I, I want to ask you about Mo Bamba. What's your thoughts on him? And it's kind of interesting, obviously, uh, even though nobody's played any basketball, there have been workouts, and therefore uh, teams have an opportunity to get a little bit more insight into a particular uh, project or potential draft pick. Mo Bamba, you see top five, and then you see 
sliding down. What do you make of him? What do you think his upside is as an NBA prospect? Well, I think uh, he's a risk, in my opinion. He's, he's seven foot. He's got the longest wingspan that's ever been measured in, in combine history. Uh, was, was the best shot blocker in the Big 12 last year, which is um, what teams will be drafting him on. Is just He's been compared to Rudy Gobert. Uh, he's a Rudy Gobert who can shoot three-pointers. Uh, the problem is he doesn't shoot three-pointers particularly well. At least he didn't at Texas in his, in his only college season. Uh, his offensive upside is a work in progress, to say the least. Um, you know, but he's, he, he has the potential to be a defensive anchor, uh, which is obviously tantalizing. You know, someone in the lottery who wants to take a player who can, you know, kind of protect the rim and be kind of the guy on the back end of the defense that uh, is going to anchor your team on defense is, is something that is worth taking flyer on. If he develops his game on offense, I think he's um, maybe has potential to be one of the best players in the strap. I'm not so high on him as others are, though. I think that his offensive game is miles away from being where teams think he might be eventually. And uh, for someone uh, like Bamba, who's you're obviously going to take him in the lottery, I don't think it's worth the risk. I'd rather take some, something more of a sure thing. I would take, you know, I would take Michael Porter Jr. over Bamba. Um, I would take some of these other guys. I would tra- take Trey Young over Bamba. I would even take Miles Bridges over Bamba. So uh, I think he's somewhat of a risk, but it's kind of like Giannis Antetokounmpo several years ago. He got taken uh, late in the lottery, has developed into an all-star level player, MVP caliber player, and uh, a lot of that was just his off- offensive game just wasn't quite there. It has definitely kind of improved, and now he's he's at the level that he is now. I can see the same development path. Uh, with Bamba in that sense, and that you know he's a lot, he has a long way to go. But if a team is patient with him and develops his game, he has a real potential to be a really really good player in the NBA. Kyle Boone is our guest from CBS Sports Basketball Writer. Draft is tomorrow night. By the way, it's five o'clock in the East. We are WYGM Orlando, WJRR HD two Cocoa Beach FM ninety six nine. The game is Orlando Sports Leader. Um, I am an Indiana native and a Big Ten basketball guy, more IU-Purdue than anything. So I'm not a dookie, but you have to really look at some of the kids that are going to be drafted tomorrow night, whether it's Wendell Carter Jr., whether it's Marvin Bagley III, uh, the likelihood that you know Gary Trent Jr., Grayson Allen could be drafted, even their point guard, uh, who, who may not be a standout player, but at, you know yeah. the, the depth of Duke's talent. We even heard Wendell Carter yeah, Junior suggest these Duke players are going to be better NBA players than they were uh, products at Duke just because of the glut of talent. Do you agree with that? I can definitely see that. I, I specifically see that with Wendell Carter, uh, who's going to be a lottery pick. You know, he was sitting behind Marvin Bagley for most of last year. Really wasn't able to display kind of the talent that he has, but you know, he's he's maybe one of the best big men in this class. Six foot eleven. He's kind of unique in the fact that, you know, he's kind of a, a point guard who plays from the center position, has really, really good court vision, is a good playmaker and a good defensive player. So a lot of a lot of him I like. I think that he's kind of like an Al Horford light and, uh, you know, someone who can anchor your defense as a center, very mobile, can shoot three-pointers. Uh, I really like him. Marvin Bagley, kind of the same thing. I think he could be just as productive in college as he was in the NBA, which is definitely saying something. Uh, you know, he can play a small forward, can play power forward, uh, very productive, high-energy guy. 
both of those guys I really, really like. Obviously, Grayson Allen was a really good shooter at, at Duke. Came with some baggage. Uh, hopefully, he loses some of that baggage and becomes a good NBA player. I think he's really talented. Can find the right fit. And, uh, yeah, some of those Duke guys, man, I'm telling you, they're, they're really, really talented. If they find the right fit, find the right system, I think they could be really, really productive. All right, Kyle. So the Clippers are sitting there at picks 12 and 13. And you said that mm-hmm. 1 through 14, uh, they're, they're, those are all really good picks in this draft. The Clippers have 12 and 13. And they probably mm-hmm. want to take those two picks and, and probably move down, I would think. You see a team there in maybe the top five, six, or seven that would take the Clippers picks and move down and swap it out that way? You know, I, th- I think the Mavericks could be a candidate to maybe uh, maybe try and move down. You know, if, if I were the Clippers uh, and I had, I'm sitting at 12 or 13, I might consider trying to take those two late lottery picks to try to move up to like, you know, two or three or four, see what the interest is and gauge that because, uh, you know, if I'm the Clippers, I need a point guard. I think that's pretty obvious. Milos Tadosic isn't the long-term answer. He's getting a little bit older. Jawan Evans was pretty good last year for the Clippers, but not the long-term answer either. Maybe a backup point guard. If I can trade those picks and turn them into one top three pick, I would try to parlay that into Luka Doncic if I were the Clippers. So, uh, I would like a long-term option at point guard. I think you get a sure thing with Doncic. As for the rest of the point guard class, uh, you're taking a risk with Colin Sexton, who's not a good shooter, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, not a good shooter, and Trey Young, who is probably going to be off the board um, at some point, and I certainly wouldn't spend a top-four pick on him. So that's kind of where I'd be at. I'd be I'd be trying to go all-in on Luka Doncic. I, I think he's kind of a sure thing in this draft. Marvin Bagley, let's talk about him. He put up really good numbers mm-hmm. at Duke, but I saw some games where his defense, let's just say, is below average, and that's being being kind. There were also games where I thought he forced uh, too many shots, but, you know, his stats, just look at the numbers, are really nice. But talk about how his game will translate to the NBA. Well, he's going to have to put on some weight if he's going to play power forward, which was what he did at Duke, and that's kind of the problem and the concern with projecting him to the next level. He's six foot ten. Um, he can play on the perimeter. Didn't do it much at Duke. Uh, he's not a great three point shooter. He's an okay three point shooter. Um, has pretty good instincts on offense, and obviously he got a lot of points and a lot of rebounds. Uh, just kind of picking up the scraps around the rim. A lot of offensive rebounds and uh, pulling pulling rebounds off the glass and and going in transition. But on defense is where another kind of question mark with him lies. Uh, he has okay defensive instincts. He's not great. He, he's not the seven-foot wingspan that uh, you know that Mo, Mo Bamba has. That you know maybe is going to block shots and and really be a, a supreme rim protector uh, for a team that picks him. So those are some of the question marks that you have with him. I think he's still going to be a really good productive player in the NBA. Uh, he'll put up his numbers. I think he'll be you know kind of like a twenty-point, ten rebound per game guy. But I can see him putting up kind of empty stats, too. I don't think he's a great uh, floor general. He's not a good passer, uh, doesn't have good court vision. So he could kind of put up great numbers for a not-so-great team. And that's kind of concerning. You know, I, I think if you put him alongside a good point guard and you've already got a good supporting cast, Bagley would be a great third option. But if he's your best player on your team, I'm not sure how good your team's going to be. Kyle Boone is with us from CBS Sports Basketball Rider, the draft tomorrow night. I ask all the analysts this. 
I preface by saying and giving my opinion, and then I want yours. Um, I, I cannot imagine the NBA going back to drafting kids out of high school. Now, granted, I know so many of these kids play uh, extended high school at uh, you know these specialty high schools and get a lot of AAU exposure and travel all over the country in, a, you know, in advance of the end of their high school careers, private schools many times. But that being said, I'm a fan of one and done. When I look back at last year's NBA draft, there were 16 freshmen picked in the first round, and I got to see all of those guys play high-level college basketball. So I knew them coming into the NBA. On the other hand, uh, I don't think you know they're going to be ready physically, mentally, for the, a man's game in the NBA. And I think that's why the NBA decided we don't want to invest, especially the first or maybe even the first two years, in paying them high-level money if they're not going to be productive right away. We don't know exactly right. what's going to happen with the G League, but there is so much pressure on this commissioner, Adam Silver, who at one point wanted to grow the, the entry age to 20, now being forced by college, uh, you know, whether it's by the Condoleezza Rice report, by the NCAA, the respective conferences, to, to get rid of the one-and-done. What do you think is in the best interest of the game, and where do you see what do you see happening? I, I think uh, athletes should be able to do whatever in the world they want to do. So if they want to come out of the high school and go straight to the NBA, I say let them do it. If they want to go to college for a year, let them do it, and then go to the NBA. If they want to play all four years in college, great, more power to them, and then let them go. Uh, I don't think there should be any restrictions, and I think we're probably getting a lot closer to that than than people think i think that uh maybe by 2020 or 2021 Mm -hmm. i would not be surprised to see the preps to pros um be allowed again i would i wouldn't be surprised at all to see high school players have the freedom once again to move from high school to the nba um you know i i think that would hurt the college game you know part of the fun in calling uh covering college basketball is seeing some of these top level guys Play their play their college career at Duke, at Kentucky, at Michigan State. Some of these top elite programs. I think it's a lot of fun to see. Um, you know, but it's a lot of turnover for college coaches too, and they have to juggle roster roster toner, turnover every year to the NBA draft. Um, maybe they obviously that would cut that down, and um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen to, um, fairly soon. And so you know, the G League at some point could maybe operate as kind of a farm system for the NBA. And I think that's probably uh, Commissioner Silver's ultimate goal is to try and get those preps to pros guys uh, moving from going from high school to college, from, uh, you know, going from high school to the G League and developing there and going to the NBA. I think that's the ultimate goal. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. The scary thing about that, in my opinion, though, is, mm-hmm. uh, as we saw last year, there were 35 underclassmen last year not drafted. And look, not, not college isn't for everybody. And there are other opportunities beyond the American basketball, whether it's G League, you go overseas, there's good money. You know, guys have done that and then come back to this league. Uh, but, but that being said, we're going to have 100 underclassmen, or pretty close to that, not drafted tomorrow night. And I'm, I'm right. wondering aloud, you know, if guys are making decisions coming out of high school and then not being drafted until the second round right now, unless they change the collective bargaining, there's no guaranteed contract in the second round. And all of a sudden you're slotted in the G League and you're, you're going to make $50,000. Is, 
you know, some people in this audience would take that in a heartbeat, but that's not the right. kind of money that some of these guys would have imagined. And th- then they're, they're going to find themselves spinning their wheels in uh, minor league basketball and not making the kind of money. And that's a mistake because you can't change if you've decided not to go to college, right? And you start to play pro- professional basketball, you can't now change your mind a year later and go to college. And I think there are potential potholes in that system ahead. Could yeah. you, could you yeah, imagine that? Yeah, I can, I can definitely imagine it. You know, I think uh, second-round slots are more of a sure thing than, than maybe people would think they are. I think a lot of people second-round draft picks end up staying on, on uh, NBA rosters, and, you know, obviously they bounce in and out of the G League from time to time. But sure. the problem lies in the, you know, other 20% or 30% or whatever it is that go undrafted. Some of these underclassmen who – maybe get some bad advice during the pre-draft process. Yeah. They sign with an agent, they see a dollar sign, and then they're kind of, you know, they're left on the outside looking in where they're playing in G League, they're playing overseas, and these guys aren't making near the money that maybe they're worth or maybe even they thought they were worth, and they can't go back. They can't get their, you know, their college experience back. They can't go back to high school, and so they're just kind of stuck. So. In that in that uh, in that sense, I do think that it could definitely be problematic down the road, and uh, you know, hopefully, that's part of what the NBA is working on now is trying to get uh, a system to try and fit some of those problems and hopefully work out some of those kinks. Very good. We appreciate your visit with us today. We really do enjoy uh, the people who write basketball or cover basketball for CBS Sports. You do an outstanding job. You're a part of that. So our thanks to you for that. We'll hope we can hook up with you down the road. Okay. Absolutely. I look forward to it. Thank you, Kyle. Kyle Boone from CBS Sports. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.